Alhamdulillah wa kafa. Wa salaman ala ibadihi alladhin istafa amma ba'd. Fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Zahar al-fasad fi al-barri wal bahri bima kasabat aydi an-nas. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salaman ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sinuna Muhammad. Wala ali Sayyiduna Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyiduna Muhammad Wala ali Sayyiduna Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran That fasad, sedition, calamity, fitna, corruption Has manifested itself and spread all over the land and sea Bima kasabat aydin nas due to what the people have done with their own hands. And we are living in this situation that anywhere you look in the world, there is a flashpoint, there is a conflict, there is a tragedy, there is travesty. And especially when you look in the Muslim Ummah, all over the Ummah you find this. Why? Allah Ta'ala made it clear. Allah Ta'ala is teaching us, don't look for political explanations or political solutions it's because of our sins. Bahir is for sabab. Bima kasabat nas. It is all of this, all fasad on earth is merely, simply, purely due to sins that the people themselves have committed. Allahu Akbar kabira. And it's not necessary that the sins of the person creates fasad in his land of earth. Because if it comes about the ummah, then it may be that the sins of some people in the ummah cause fasad in another place of earth. So we should be even more scared. It may be it's my sin sitting in my hometown, in my home country, that is causing fasad in some of these other bilad al-Muslimin. Maybe it's the sins that I do in my comfort of my own home and privacy that is calling fasad in some places in bilad al-Muslimin. Allahu Akbar kabira. So Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Qur'an, sinners, just like their words in Qur'an for righteous people. So you'll find these words in Qur'an, mu'min, wali, salih, tayyib, abd, shukur. But you also find these words in Qur'an, fasik, fajr, khabith, Allahu Akbar, mutakabbir. You find these words in Qur'an, so there are people like that also. There are also people like that. So these words have been used in Qur'an for those who sin. So it's very simple. When Allah Ta'ala said, Bima kasabad, Allah Ta'ala was teaching us a lesson. What you do will have consequences. Like they say in science, every action will cause a reaction. So what we do with our hearts, what the ummah, what the believers do in their terms of their amal or their sin, it will have actions. There will be reactions, consequences. There will be a good reward and good consequence for good deeds. And there will be a bad return, punishment, bad consequence for bad deeds. So it's up to us. It's our choice. Every person will make the choice how they spend their life. Every person every day may make this choice many times. Whether they choose to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or they choose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is Allah Ta'ala's permanent law. Qur'an is permanent law. Permanent law of reward for good deeds and punishment for sins. 
There is no way anybody can escape this rule. Now whomsoever disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dies without making tawbah for those sins, no doubt they will be punished in akhirah. But in our deen, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Qur'an, and the ulama and mashayikh have identified that there are punishments for sins in this worldly life as well. The punishment for sin begins in a person's life on earth. And the punishment for disobedience is so many. So you can call this in English what we call titfirtat. Somebody he wrote a poem in Urdu. Adul insaf fakat harsh pramakuf nahi. Zindagi khuzbi gunahon ki saza deti hai. That it means that justice is not dependent only on the day of judgment and the hereafter, but life itself will pay you back for the sins that you commit. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Life itself will pay you back for the sins that you commit. So Allah Ta'ala mentioned some punishments for sin in Quran. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, first there's some lighter verses. And then Allah Ta'ala sends it in some stronger ways. So one lighter way Allah Ta'ala begins. That if only they did that which they were advised, that which they were counseled to do, it would have been better for them. That's light. It would have been better for them if they did how they were counseled to do by Allah Ta'ala in Quran and by Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But then Allah Ta'ala then says it in a stronger way. إِنَّا مِنَ الْمُجْرِمِينَ مُنْتَقِمُونَ That indeed we will surely take vengeance on the mujrimin, on the sinners and the wrongdoers. This is one of Allah's attributes. He is ذُو intikam. He is the being who takes vengeance on those who wrong him. And this is how you should view it. When we commit a sin, we wrong Allah. That's why he uses the term mujrimin. When he talks about wronging ourselves, that's zulm. Alladina zulamu ala anfusihim. So we do zulm on ourselves, but we're mujrim in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's like doubly criminal. Doubly criminal. This is the way Allah ta'ala expresses it in Quran. And Allah ta'ala explains also in Quran. Ma yaf'ulullahu bi'adhabikum in shakartum ma'amantum. That Allah Ta'ala, what need would Allah Ta'ala ever have to punish you if you had only been appreciative and grateful, if only you had iman and you were true to that iman? Means Allah Ta'ala Himself has no wish and desire to punish. And in fact, Allah Ta'ala sent all hidayah, all Quran, all scriptures, all anbiya, and Himself directly sends hidayah on people. In order to help them away from sin, to guide them away from sin. Then Allah Ta'ala gave so many mentions of His mercy, so many promises of Jannah, so many barakat, like we mentioned to you in Jummah for Taqwa. All of that was mentioned because Allah Ta'ala does not want to punish. Allah Ta'ala has no need, no wish to punish. But still, we stubbornly choose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We still leave the commandment of Allah ta'ala. We don't have shukr for all the bounties and blessings Allah ta'ala gave us. And we don't, we're not true to our iman. So it means, simply speaking, that we have only our own selves to blame. We have only our own selves to blame. And one simple way Allah ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an that we could have been saved from all of this. We could have been saved from all of this. 
is what we talked to you about last night in the midnight madras. That's called ittiba'i sunnah. Listen to what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran. Intu ti'uhu. Intu ti'uhu. If all of you were to do ita'a, if all of you were to obey him, and him means Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if only you had done ita'atul Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you simply obeyed him, Okay, fine. You didn't understand. You didn't know. So Allah Ta'ala says, in addition to Quran, I sent you Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If only you had obeyed him, tahtadu, you would have been on hidayah. Tahtadu means you would have been muhtadun. You would have been those who follow hidayah. And you didn't even do that. So here Allah Ta'ala is what we call itmami hujja in Arabic. In order we say Allah Ta'ala, koi kasr ne chori. It means Allah Ta'ala has made every single arrangement for us to save ourselves from His wrath and punishment, but still we choose to sin anyway. That's what Allah Ta'ala is telling us in Quran. I sent Quran on you, I sent Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to you, I showed my mercy to you, I told you stories of my mercy in Quran. I gave you promises of Jannah. I said my help would come to you. My mother's nus would come to you. I said barakah would be given to you. And still you choose to sin anyway. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? So strange. And this is, our, this is exactly our condition. It's not like you would think that the more people know about deen, the less they would sin. You would think your maktab system would prevent people from sinning. You would think these gatherings and masajid and talim and dars and tablik and dawah and tasawwuf and khanka, all of these things are going on and people are still sinning. They still sin. <laughs> Allah Akbar, stubborn sinners, persistent sinners, die-hard sinners, committed sinners, always wanting to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? So then we should know. Then... We're going to face. We're going to face it in this world, the facade on earth. And then Allah Ta'ala says the same thing. What's going to happen? So that is going to be due to what literally means your hands set ahead. It means the works that you sent, the sins that you committed and you sent them ahead. You delivered, you departed them for your akhirah. When you show up to your akhirah, it will only be due to what you yourself sent ahead. So whether it's in this life or in the next life, it's because of our own deeds, our own commission of sin. Like we mentioned to you yesterday, the ahwal of a person will be according to the a'mal of a person. The states and conditions of a person will be according to the actions and deeds and piety of a person. Allah SWT says in Quran al-Kareem, very simply then, you call it straight up, Allah Ta'ala lays down the law, that whomsoever makes any indiscretion, who makes any error, who does any sin, who makes any evil, he will be faced with the recompense, the punishment, he will face the consequences of that sin. Whoever does it will be requited for it. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? That's what we said, to every action, there is a reaction. Why am I stressing this so much? Because a lot of us were living in this delusion. We are leading this double life. That mashallah, we have iman, 
we come to masjid, we pray salah, maybe we're on dawah, maybe we have shaykh, maybe we do relief work, maybe we're in itikaf, maybe we go on umrah, even we have some, few, many, some maybe we have all of these things. But we keep sinning along with that. And somehow deep in our psyche, we think that we can get away with sin. And we, we think, and we just live like this. And we keep doing those sins, and we keep doing the deen, and we keep doing those sins, and we keep doing our deen. So this is not possible. <laughs> it will never work like that. <laughs> no one can escape the divine law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're only deluding and deceiving ourselves. Better we expose and understand this delusion in this life, rather than we come face to face with our own fraud on the Day of Judgment. So it means we must make tawbah for all of the sins that we do. We must make tawbah for all of the sins that you do. No one can run away from this. No one can escape this. No one can deny this. No one can be an exception to this. And you will see even the people who try. If you ask them deep down, they have no sukoon. Deep, deep down, they may hide it from you. They may hide it from others. Or they may even hide it from everyone. But there is never possible that the person who is sinning, that they can have sukoon and itmanan in their heart. They are restless. They are stressed. They are depressed. They have anxiety. Sometimes they are sleepless. Hmm? Even though outwardly apparently they have everything in the world. They have a nice house, they have a nice car, they have a nice bedroom, they have a nice bed, they have comfort, they have electricity, they're sleepless. Hmm? And that person who is pious, muttaqi, obedient to Allah Ta'ala, he might even be poor, he might even be homeless, he might be sleeping on a rock, like our Mashaik says, he might be sleeping on a boulder, on a plateau of a mountain. With no pillow, no blanket, no mattress. But because he doesn't have sins, he will sleep peacefully. And the person who has sins, they will toss and they will turn. And Allah Ta'ala will make their whole life like that. Not just their sleep. Sleep is but one example. Their whole life will become like that. Tossing and turning. Family life in tumult. Ration with children to melt. Sometimes job is in tumult. Sometimes health is in chaos. Their whole life will be tossing and turning. Allah tells in Quran, in whomsoever does any evil, any sin, any indiscretion, they will have to face the consequence of those sins. So our Mashaikh used to explain this to people. Hazrat Khwaja Ashraf Ali Thanvi Ramtale, Shaykh Ashraf Ali Thanvi Rimullah, he heard a whole work on this jazal a'mal. Our shaykh once gave a whole series of lectures on this topic. What are the, just in the world, not even akhirah, just the worldly consequences of sin. Just in this world, what are the consequences of sin? So we took some of those points together and we want to present that to you on this night. Number one consequence of sin. Number one is the person loses their ilm of deen. They lose their ilm of deen. Our satas used to say, ye ilm ke bade naaz nakhne, ye vese kisi kisi ne mene rata. It means that this ilm is very delicate, very sensitive, very fickle. It's not going to stay and dwell in the breast of that person who doesn't do amal on it. If it finds that this person doesn't do amal on me, it will leave that chest. If it finds this person does amal contrary to me, it will leave that chest. 
the person loses their ilm of deen. Now we ourselves have very little knowledge to begin with. Now what does it mean lose? One way to lose might mean you forget it. Another way to lose is it converts from what our Mashai call ilm to ma'lumat. In other words, instead of being knowledge, al-ilmunur, knowledge that illuminates your life, instead it becomes mere information. So people, they're like that. They have information. You can't call it knowledge. They have information about deen. What does it mean? They know but they don't do. They know but they don't change. They know but they don't feel. They know but they don't become. So that's information. That's information. So it began as knowledge, the potential for them to change, to become. But because they sinned. So the consequence of that was that then their sins, became, their knowledge became information. Like Mulana Nif Sahib recited today, this night, he recited what? Afara'ayta min ittakhada ilahuhu hawa. Are you not amazed at that person who has taken their hawa? Hawa means their desires of their nafs. Hawa means the slight whispering, not ghalbatun nafs, not when the nafs becomes dominant. Hawa means its slightest desire, the inklings of the nafs. Have you not been amazed that they take the inklings and stirrings of their nafs as their God? So there are two ways to translate this. One is that Allah Ta'ala made them go astray because Allah Ta'ala fully knows what they were doing, that they were following the inklings of their nafs. And another way to translate this is, And Allah Ta'ala made them go astray even on this condition that there were people who were, had ilm. It means they knew, but they chose to follow their nafs anyway. They chose their nafs over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway. So for that choice, that they had ilm, but they chose nafs, so Allah ta'ala makes them further astray. Allah ta'ala pushes them, He doesn't set them astray. Always remember this aspect of Allah ta'ala, adhalla. Allah ta'ala never sets anybody astray. He always guides them, He's al-hadi. But if a person chooses to turn away from Allah ta'ala's hidayah, to turn away from Allah Ta'ala's hidayah, and he chooses to go astray, then sometimes Allah Ta'ala pushes him further astray. Allahu Akbar. Now you tell me, already for ourselves, if we make the wrong turn in life, and we go astray, it's so hard to come back and go straight again. And then that person who took the wrong turn and decided to go astray, and Allah Ta'ala pushed him further astray, how hard is it going to be for that person to come back? Hmm? So why? Because they chose their nafs over ilm. They chose their nafs over ilm. So now I'm going to touch on a sensitive matter. I'm going to touch on a sensitive matter. Small example, but it's going to be big for some of you. Small example for me, going to be big for some of you. That even though we know we should not smoke, ah, even though we know that smoking is absolutely horribly repugnant to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that smoking is an absolutely shameless act, that smoking has no business in this ummah, still they choose to smoke anyway. They want to smoke in Ramadan anyway. They coming for itikaf, they want to smoke anyway. Hmm? Again, I already explained to you the other night, don't look at the technicality fatwa. Don't ask me, is it further not to smoke? Huh? Allah Akbar. Strange world you live in. Hmm? 
You should ask yourself that can I ever imagine Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam doing this? If you can never, and believe me, how dare you ever imagine that Nabi Kareem Wasallam could smoke even once. So if you know that, and you should know that, and you must know that, that he could never, ever, 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 ever do this, then how could you ever do that being his ummati? It's enough for you. This is called deen. Leave everything that you know Nabi Kareem would never do. Leave everything you know that he would never do. The smoking is one of the top things in that category for you people. And I've always been in this country. In this country. In South Africa. Let me state for the record. Huh? In this country in South Africa, the number of cigarettes per beard is the highest ratio I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen it like that. It's rare in America that you see somebody who looks like this who smokes. Here I've seen full white beard, full, full white beard smoking. Full white long sunnah length beard smoking. Now I hold myself back when I see you do it individually. But now I'm reprimanding you anonymously. Hmm? You should have shame. <laughs> Don't think this is a small matter. You are being a stain on the sunnah, this will have a consequence. Oh, don't take it lightly, don't take it slightly. You must make tawbah in this month of Ramadan of smoking. And this is my message to you on this night. You must make tawbah entirely, completely from any and all forms of smoking whatsoever. Once and for all. And look, Allah Ta'ala showed you, you can do it. What is this addiction? You can leave it from Fajr to Maghrib. Who did you leave it for? Allah! You left it for the fast for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the best chance you have, Ramadan, is to leave smoking. Because if you can leave it for half of the day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can leave it all of the day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should learn this lesson in this month. You should beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should make niyyah. This is the problem, you don't even make, you have no intention to leave it. You're not even shamed to do it. Right in front of the masjid, in the parking lot of the masjid, at the door, entrance to the masjid. And you had to shame me, the announcement had to be given that some of sunnah mutakifin, it was probably one or two of you, but that you're smoking. Allahu Akbar. Huh? Announcement had to be made on member. You shamed me. Hmm? I would think twice, at what type of shaykh is this? That the people who come to sit in sunnah itikaf with them, they've been caught smoking. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabira. Hmm? So if I feel like that, then how is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa going to feel when you show up on the day of judgment as a smoker? Hmm? So you must start feeling the shame. You must leave this senseless act. You must leave this. And you know, you know it's bad for your health. You know the whole dunya, the whole world says it. The entire ijma, the whole world says it. Hmm? Still you do it. What do you want to show the people? Hmm? So this is the type of things that you need to fix in this month of Ramadan. This is the type of things you need to fix in this month of Ramadan. Fair. Second consequence of sin. 
First consequence of sin is that a person loses their ilm, means they become either unable to practice it or they might lose it altogether. Second consequence of sin, effective sin is that the risk of a person is reduced. Allah Ta'ala reduces the risk, He reduces their sustenance, He reduces their provision. What does it mean? He reduces their risky halal and then He opens up for them risky haram. Allahu Akbar. He reduces the risky halal and He opens up for them risky haram. So don't just look, your bank balance may stay the same, it might even go up. But Allah Ta'ala reduces the risky halal, increases the risky haram. Listen to Allah Ta'ala in Quran. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ أَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ذَنْكَ that whomsoever turns away from my admonishment, my nasiha, my reminder, my advice, then what happens, Allah Ta'ala says, we will tighten, tighten their ma'isha, we will tighten them in their life, we will tighten their livelihood. Allah Akbar. We will tighten their risk. Hmm? So what does it mean? Apparently the business was doing well, but now he will be soaring in loans. Before the business was soaring, now the loans are soaring. Before the creditors were there, now the debtors are here. Before the clients used to pay, now the clients are defaulting. Allah hmm? Akbar, this will happen. Ajeeb, hmm? that this is a consequence of sin. This is a consequence. You think it's my bad business strategy. You think it was a competitor. You think it was the market. Oh, hmm? It's the consequence of sin. Yes, Allah Ta'ala works through asbab. Apparently it might be the market. Apparently it might be the competitor. Allah Ta'ala might make it look like that to you. Even factually that might be true. But why did that happen to you? Hmm? Why didn't it happen to the others? It's the consequence of our sins. Third consequence. That sometimes if a person keeps sinning, their heart becomes bitter. Their heart becomes sour. So much so that sometimes Al-Aman, Al-Hafiz, they can have bitterness towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually they should have blamed themselves. But they blame Allah ta'ala, why didn't you take me out of this? Then they go backward, blame Allah, why didn't you put me into this? It was your sins that put you into it. But they've lost, they're in an illusion. They can't sense anymore, they can't tell anymore. So they blame Allah ta'ala. They have bitterness. When they're bitter, then they don't want to pray. Sometimes even they stubbornly don't pray. They deliberately, stubbornly don't pray as an act of rebellion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar kabira. Hmm? This is the effect of their sins. This is the effect of their sins. Crippling effect of their sins. Then they find it difficult to love Allah ta'ala after that. And then in their behavior with others, they get a ferocity and anger in the way they relate with others. Oh, sliding down, down. So then the fourth consequence is that, that they get bitter with people. They get bitter with people. Then he doesn't want to sit with anyone, doesn't want to be with anyone, she doesn't want to talk to anyone, she doesn't want to listen to anyone. Hard-hearted. Hard-hearted and bitter towards people. Hmm? Then these people, they die lonely death. Yes, in the end, their anjam, their end is a lonely, sad death that they die. If you don't make tawbah from your sins. Fifth consequence of sin is that the doors of success become closed to them. Before they used to do things successfully. Now 
everywhere they go, they're faced with setback, they're faced with failure, they're faced with incompletion. Hmm? Nothing pulls together for them anymore. Their tasks are left done, near completion. Their matters remain unsettled, near completion. Why? Because when they weren't sinning, Allah Ta'ala was their wakil. Allah Ta'ala was their wali. They had the mother and the nusrat of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. It was due to His help and barakah that all of those things were being done. Our Mashaikh explained like this, that when a person does not sin, Allah Ta'ala's gaze comes upon them, His gaze of mercy falls upon them and it's like spring. And everywhere you go in spring, it's lush, it's verdant, it's fragrant. There are flowers and there's fruit. But when the person sins, then even the very least, when the person sins, Allah Ta'ala turns his gaze away from them. Even if Allah Ta'ala doesn't punish, he turns his gaze of mercy, he averts his merciful gaze from them, and then they have nothing anymore. Then it becomes like winter for them. Everywhere they look in their life, the leaves are falling, the fruits are gone, the flowers are gone. Their whole life becomes like a winter. Their whole life becomes like that tree, which is without any leaf, without any flower, or without any fruit. Hmm? And then, they sometimes they make another mistake, which is also increasingly prevalent in this country, that they think, and I must clarify this on this night, that they think it's magic. They say, I'm mushur, or subhanallah. They say, some jinn, sihr has been done on me. This is one of the greatest fitness of shaitan. This is one of the best tricks of shaitan. Rather than make you acknowledge that these problems are happening because of my sin, therefore I must make tawbah, I must do tazkiyah, I must purify my heart, I must make mujahad on my nafs. Shaitan will send somebody from some country who will do some workshop in your country. Ah, he will come from some country and do workshop in your country and you will line up and everyone who goes, he will say it's because sihr has been done on you. So then you relax. Then if magic is done on you, then why should you make tawbah? You are yourself victim. Huh? You are criminal. Shaitan wants you to make you think you're victim. So now no more tawbah, no more tazkiyah, no more mujahada, no more fighting the nafs. Just thinking like that. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabira, this is one of the great fitnas. Hmm? Don't be deluded by this. And then they come and say, no, no, don't you understand? He has some wakil, he has some jinn with him. Maybe he does. That person doesn't have the jinn, the jinn has him. And he said, jinn is a jinn from the shayateen. He's playing and toying with him. And especially our hufaz, qurra, ulama must learn this properly. This is a false thing that you have spread in this country. Hmm? In the name of amliyat, jinn, seher, la hawla wa la quwta illa billah. Man yatawakkal ala Allahi fahuwa hasbuhu. Where will you fit this ayah in in your lectures on magic and jinn? Hmm? Where do you fit this ayah in? That's a whole separate topic. I just want to give you ishara. Yes, if you tell me that no, this person has no sin whatsoever in their life. First you have to tell me that first sentence. Otherwise I will go to that first reason. Why is this happening to them? Because of their sins. That's it. We won't even look at any second thing. Like in medicine, it's very clear. You go and you investigate, you say there's a clear cause. Every now and then, one out of a hundred thousand cases, you say, no, it can't be that. This person has no sin. Then we can think what else it might be. Hmm? But amazing how people are deluded. 
People come to me, they have deep sins, but they don't think it's because of their sin. They think it's because of magic. Hmm? So strange. Huh? Can you imagine physically that somebody has cancer? He has cancer. But he says, I'm not sick because of cancer. I'm sick because somebody did magic on me. Can you imagine somebody talking like that? Hmm? You say, foolish. <laughs> foolish. So then how foolish is it that somebody has spiritual cancer of sin and they deny that and they say, somebody has done magic on me. It's more foolish. More foolish. You must make toba of these false concepts. You must make toba of these false concepts. You must turn to taqwa. You must turn to deen. You must turn to tawakkul. You must turn to sunnah. You must turn to dua. Fasta'inu bis sabri was salah. You must turn to Allah. Hmm? Is there some amil on this planet who can do more for you than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Hmm? Is there some amal he can give you greater than the path of taqwa and sunnah? Hmm? And yes, in those one in a million cases, I accept you need help. But you don't go to Amil for that. You go to Wali for that. Listen carefully. All you know, Hadith, that Shaitan, the king of jinn, the master jinn, Shaitan, he used to flee from the path that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala used to walk on. Just like that, all the jinnat flee from the sahib nisbat Wali Shaykh al-Tariqat. You don't flee from the Amil. And the Amil himself will confess to you. He'll give you stories of how he battles them and how he's fighting them. You should tell him, but if you were real, should flee from you. If you were the real deal, they would flee from you the way they flee. Shaitan himself fleed from Sayyidina Umar. Our Hazrat once told us that Jis tarah Shaitan ko Sayyidina Umar se vashat hi isi tarah tamam jinnat ko sahibi nisbat se vashat hota hai. Allah Akbar. Don't worry. I just said the same thing in Urdu that I said in English. Hmm. Don't worry. Oh. You understand? So the awliyaullah. Yes, and sometimes Allah Ta'ala bless these awliyaullah. But you have to go to the real awliyaullah. Just like in fiqh, if somebody today comes up with some new, we say, no, no, we don't take anything new from you. Ijtihad comes from those early fuqaha. Why are you taking amal from these people who come to you from France and other countries? And Zanzibar and Madagascar and Ya Allah. <laughs> hmm? Yes, if there's an amal, it must go back to Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani Namtale. It must go back to the Shah Bahaudi Naqshaban Bukhari Namtale. You understand? The Ya Allah were blessed by Allah Ta'ala that if you recite this verse, it can protect you. If you recite this kalima, this zikr, they had this knowledge. And even that was even a drop of their knowledge. That was point zero 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 one percent of what they did. This should be very clear to you. Hmm? And they say, Oh, kisine made a risk bound liya. It means in English that, Oh, somebody has done some magic on me due to which my business isn't working. Now listen what Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Nahnu, Nahnu qasamna bainuhum ma'ishatuhum. Allah Ta'ala says, We Allah, we distribute the wealth between you. If Allah Ta'ala is distributing the wealth, you're telling me some mortal creature can change that distribution? Some mortal creature can block the channels of Allah Ta'ala's distribution? Is it possible? Is that an, a concept you can reconcile in your deen? It's not possible. You must have more taqwa, you must have more tawakkal on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must remember these ayat whenever anybody tries to tell you these things. 
So this is a this is a fitna, a fitna and a dalala that is spreading in this time. Here, sixth consequence of our sins, sixth consequence of sin is that we lose the sweetness of iman, huluv, in Urdu halawat, the sweetness of iman. We lose the sweetness of iman. Allah Akbar. So sometimes people they say that. They say that Shaykh, I don't know, I'm not able to cry in itikaf. Shaykh, I'm not able to feel anything in tarawih. Hmm? Shaykh, I'm reading Quran but I couldn't feel anything anymore. Why are you perplexed? Huh? That there's some sins, make istighfar, make tawbah, make more istighfar, make more tawbah. Leave anything that's even slightly displeasing to Allah Ta'ala. Leave everything that does not befit your status as an ummati of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then see how much sweetness of iman Allah Ta'ala will give you. It comes in a date, Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the one who lowers their gaze when given the opportunity to gaze at some beauty of their mahram, when they lower their gaze, Allah gifts them with the sweetness of iman. So Mahadisim commented that that means when they raise their gaze, they lose their sweetness of iman. They lose their sweetness of iman. There was in the Hadith, Nabi Karim mentioned there was an Abid from the Bani Israel who worshipped Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he got in, and he was worshipping Allah ta'ala for years, I can't remember exactly, years. And then he got involved in one major sin involving Ghair Mahram. But then all of his ibadat stayed the way they were. So one night he made dua to Allah Ta'ala that, Ya Rab, you are so kareem, you are so generous, that even though I am committing this sin, still you have not deprived me of anything. Means I am still making all these ibadat, that you are so kareem, you have not deprived me of anything. So then he got ilham, he got inspiration from Allah Ta'ala that, Oh my slave, I have deprived you of something. And what I did is I deprived you of the sweetness of this ibadah. You're doing it still, but now it's empty. Hmm? Now it's empty. That's why sometimes people, they say, wife, women, they send letters that I don't understand. My husband, he prays tahajjud. My husband, he is sheikh. My husband goes on dawah. But still, he does these, these mean abusive things. Hmm... Why? Because that's an outward shell. That's just an outward shell. Because of their sins, they don't get the sweetness of those things. And they don't change. They don't change. Hmm? So this is the sixth consequence of sin. Seventh consequence of sin. As that a person's face sours. Normally we call it darkness, but darkness has nothing to do with skin color. Darkness means the spiritual evil of sin. And light means the spiritual nur of taqwa. The blackest of person may have spiritual nur of taqwa and the whitest of person might have spiritual darkness due to sin. So the spiritual darkness comes, means their face sours. That's how I explain in English. Their face sours. Because we say in Urdun, kachera sarjata. Their face sours, wrinkles. You don't feel attracted to that face. Hmm? Once I was, many years ago, maybe it was when coming to this country, many, over 10, 15 years ago, I was traveling with Hazrat on the plane. And at that time, this woman stewardess, she just gave this magazine. And right on the magazine, on the cover was one of their stars or celebrities, right? So the magazine came and it was right there. And Hazrati looked at that and he said, Astaghfirullah, look at these people's faces. Look at their faces, they're so sour. <laughs> they're so unattractive. He got worried. Because normally our Mashaikh, they don't get to ever see, right? 
the face of those type of people who are leaving, may Allah Ta'ala grant them hidayah, may Allah Ta'ala protect us from falling in that path. Hmm? But they're not guided, so they're leading lives of extreme depravity, extreme zina, extreme drugs, extreme drinking. He was in horror when he saw that face. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? He was in a shock. And that's what happens due to the sins. Hmm? And those people who masar muttaqeen, salihin, Allahu Akbar, you will enjoy gazing at their face. They have spiritual nur on their face. Hmm? Even Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to stare at the faces of awliya. La ta'du aynaka anhum. Hmm? That, O oh, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, don't you even lower your gaze from those ashaba sufa awliya sahaba that you have. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? Oh, this is a consequence of sin. Consequence of sin. Next consequence is that it becomes difficult. They find ibadat, a'mal difficult. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ What does it mean? Kabira, praying the salah is indeed an enormous weighty burden. They feel it to be an enormous burden except for those people who are khashi'een, who are humble, penitent, fearful, longing, loving of Allah Ta'ala. For them, then they are hafizin. They preserve their salah, they offer it punctually, they find it easy, it's their passion, it's their pleasure. But unless somebody is from khashin, they find it difficult, they find it a heavy burden, they find it kabir. Allahu hmm? Akbar. So that's what happens. The person whose heart is filled with nur of taqwa, they cannot live without salah. But the person who has sins, then their body becomes lazy, their heart becomes dark. Prayer becomes difficult. Ibadah becomes difficult. It becomes a burden for them. It becomes a burden for them. Hmm? Next consequence of sin. Maybe eight or nine. I lost track now. Eight. Ninth. Ninth consequence of sin is you will get weakness of your body. You will become physically weak due to sin. Yes, you will lose your strength. You will lose your vigor. You will lose your energy. You will no longer be dynamic. You will become physically weak, physically lazy, physically lax. The power that Allah Ta'ala has given, physical power and strength and health and fitness Allah Ta'ala gave in San, you can lose that also because of your sin. So then they start oversleeping. Then they say, feel groggy all day. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. They're unable to perform as well. Unable to do good tasks. Unable to work hard. All types of bodily consequences of sin. Tenth, is that when a person does sin, then they become, they are no longer able to listen and obey. This samitna wa ata'na. That we hear and we obey, we listen and we follow, this is taken away from them. They're no longer able to do that. What does it mean? They come in bayan, they listen, but they can't follow. They go in jamaat, they listen, but they can't follow. They learn something about ilm, they hear hadith, they sit in talim, they listen, but they can't follow. Because of their sins, the sin becomes a barrier for them to do sami'na wa ata'na. So they're no longer able to obey. Hmm? They're no longer able to obey. And then what happens, it continues, then they'll start leaving these things. 
If they're married, they'll stop going to Sheikh. If they're on Tablik, they'll stop going on the path. If they're Talib, they'll drop out of Darulum. They'll start leaving these things. If the sins keep going, they can't keep up with these things. Then they start dropping one. They drop a second one. They drop a third one because of their sins. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Eleventh consequence of sin is that when you do a sin, then you, you become closer to the doors of other sins. When you do any sin, all other sins become more accessible to you. They all come closer in reach. All of them. Hmm? Our Mashaikh were experts at helping and guiding people out of sin. These are Mashaikh Tariqat, Mashaikh Tazkiyah. These are the golden nuggets from their years of experience, decades of experience. When you do any one sin, all the other sins come closer to you. Hmm? You can imagine like the market. So if you walk in a crowded market, if you just look at one store, then what happens? Huh? All the other storekeepers, they start calling you. All the hawkers, they start hawking their wares to you. Hmm? Why? Because you cast one, one indulgence, one glance, one attraction to one item in one store. Oh, all the storekeepers are going to try to entice you to every item in their store. You let yourself get attracted, enticed to one sin. Shaitan and nafs will now present all the sins closer to you. What a big consequence. Hmm? Allah Akbar. And that's why it's true, it's an all or nothing thing. That's why this taqwa is not a 95% thing. It's not a 98% thing. And when you sit ever with those kibar, awliya, those real muttaqeen, you will see it, you're amazed, you marvel. There's not one aspect of sin in them. There's not one sinful action that they do. Because that's what it means to be muttaqeen. Because the second you do one, they all come back in reach. So for example, a person does sin of unlawful relations. So now lying is in reach because he has to lie to cover it up. Now betrayal, infidelity, so many things. It began just as lust, but it's now also betrayal, infidelity, lying, secrecy, then neglecting children. Then oh, it goes on and on and on and on. It means every sin leads to an avalanche of sins. It leads to a roller coaster of sin. It's a snowball effect of sin. Hmm? Huge consequence. That's how dangerous sin is. Twelfth, is that if a person then continues on this, if they fall in that avalanche, if they fall in that pit, and if they keep falling, they keep falling, then the tawfiq of tawbah is snatched away from them. And the tawfiq, they cannot come for itikaf, they can't come for bayan, they can't go for umrah, they no longer are guided to those asbab of tawbah, those places of tawbah, those people of tawbah. That's why the Mashaikh say you should never delay your tawbah. And Allah Ta'ala also says in Quran, Min Qareeb, that when you do a sin, then you make tawbah immediately, very quickly. Then Allah Ta'ala accepts that tawbah. Allah Ta'ala accepts that tawbah. But why does this happen? That again, Allah Ta'ala doesn't take it away instantly. The person doesn't make tawbah. Why? Because they want to do that sin again. They plan to do that sin again. They want to commit. That's why they delay Tawbah. There's nothing to do with laziness. They deliberately delay Tawbah because they want to keep sinning. He wants to meet her again. He wants to talk to her again. He wants to hear from her again. Why is he going to make Tawbah then? 
Why is he going to make Tawbah? He doesn't make Tawbah. He has no intention to make Tawbah. When a person does that, Allah Ta'ala can take the tawfiq of Tawbah away from him. So he thinks he'll do it later, after one more time, after a few more times. No, 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 it's not like that. Oh, you did it one more time. Allah Ta'ala says, okay, now it's finished for you. You will never make Tawbah from this. Even if you make Tawbah from her, another one will come in your life. And you find that. Hmm? Like this called chain. Huh? Chain smoker. Huh? Chain smoker. Chain zina. Chain backbiting. Chain lying. What does it mean? This is the sign that the tawfiq of Tawbah is being taken away. You should be scared. <laughs> you should be scared if you see this in your life. Scared is a soft word. You should be terrified. You should be absolutely terrified to the point that nothing else in your life should matter other than making tawbah for these sins. Thirteenth effective sin is that a person stops feeling the embarrassment and evil. The embarrassment, evil, filth of their sin, they stop feeling it. Before they felt dirty when they did that sin. Before they felt guilty when they did that sin. But they keep doing it. If they keep doing it, then the consequence will be they will no longer feel the filth of their dirtiness. They will no longer feel the embarrassment of their shamelessness. They will no longer feel humiliation at their degradation. Consequence of sin means the sin, it won't seem like a sin to them anymore. It won't seem like a sin to them anymore. This is that place when the Mashaikh write or mention that this is the, that place, that state, this is that person has arrived at such a state that now they're in danger of saying Kalima to Kufr. In such a state when they reach this state that they can't feel the filth and shame of their sin, now they're in danger. Maybe a sentence will slip from their tongue. Maybe they will say some words that are actually tantamount to Kufr, denying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wow, what a big consequence of sin. You see how far the consequences go? So that's why the 14th consequence is listed like this, that they can be deprived of their imam. Yes, the consequence of sin can go that far, that a person loses their imam. The one example our shaykh explained this beautifully, that in Hadith Nabi Kareem sallallahu said, what? مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِكَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ That whomsoever adopts a likeness, and a resemblance to any particular cultural community for who are minhum, then he becomes from them. So you find this increasingly in the Muslims, that they adopt the ways of the kuffar. They adopt their dress, they adopt their fashion, they adopt their media, they watch their movies, they watch their TV, they watch their sports. They keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it in so many ways. Some of them do it so much that they become virtually indistinguishable from them. Virtually indistinguishable. So you might be traveling, you have no idea that that person next to you, is he, is he Albanian Muslim or is he Serbian Christian? You have no way of knowing. Mantashabba. They become so closely resembling one another. You have no idea. Is he a Gujarati Hindu or a Gujarati Muslim? You can't tell. Hmm? You can't tell. Not just appearance, their appearance, their manner, their style, their behavior, their etiquette. Everything is the same. And you see this so much in youth. 
You go to, when you travel, you see Muslim youth wearing the same t-shirt and jeans and listening to the same and talking like the same and just like the others. Hmm? So then, because the last part, فَهُوَ minhum, This is why they say that a person can lose their iman because if you're from them, well, they're kufar. If you're going to be minhum, if you're going to be from them, among them, you're going to become them, so they're kufar. So how can you become them while keeping your iman? So it means you're in danger of losing your iman. It's when you lose your iman, you will become like them. We've seen it even in our own country in Pakistan. Some of the extremely elite, westernized elites, they became so westernized, so Americanized, so Americanized, that sometimes they would end up on atheism. They would say openly, oh, I become an atheist. La al-aman al-hafiz, na'udhu billah min dhalik. Allah will protect our youth from this fitna. Hmm? That's how they ended up. But they, they don't realize and the parents didn't realize. I remember one case very well. The father came to me. I said, look, you, you're coming to me at the end. <laughs> you let it begin. You let it continue. You let it proceed. You let it go on and on and on and on. And now the matter has reached this logical conclusion. And you're expressing surprise to me. Because hmm? he was pious man. He was on deen. I was stunned. I said, you're the father of that boy. He said, yes. Said, but how, wh- where were you? Where were you all this time? Hmm? But they don't, they just indulge their children, they spoil their children, they give them keys to the car, they give them unlimited spending money. Hmm? So you set them on this path. Hmm? So we should be very careful. We should protect ourselves and protect our youth from this as much as we can. Fifteen consequence of sin is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala no longer values that person anymore. This is a tremendous punishment. To lose your value in the eyes of society, that's one thing. And to lose your value in Allah ta'ala's regard, Allah ta'ala says in Quran, وَمَنْ يُحِنِ اللَّهُ فَمَالُهُ مِنْ مُكْرِمْ Whoever gets the tawheen of ihana of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, huh? Means whomsoever Allah Ta'ala scorns, repudiates, casts away. Now who is there who can honor him? Is there anyone who can give him honor? So he says, no, I'm rich now, I'm VIP now, I sit in business class lounge now. Huh? You think that honor, that's an honor that's going to replace? This that you have been scorned by Allah, repudiated by Allah, rejected by Allah. Yes, maybe the Ahlul Dunya might honor you. Hmm? It is nothing. It will amount to nothing. It will become absolutely nothing when you realize on the Day of Judgment. So this is a huge deprivation. Sixteenth. Sixteenth consequence of sin is that a person's judgment becomes flawed. person's judgment becomes flawed. They can no longer take proper decisions. In fact, they keep making the wrong decisions. And then they try to fix it. Again, they make a wrong decision. You know, like the person, they lost them. So they keep making the wrong turn, and then again wrong turn, and then again wrong turn, and they get even more lost, and more lost, and more lost. This can be a consequence of sins. The whole life, like I told you, tossing and turning, the whole life, Allah Ta'ala cast their life in disarray. They can't make judgment anymore. They lose their hikmah. They lose their wisdom. Seventeenth consequence of sin is that they lose their modesty. Means they lose their own self-respect. 
One is they lost dignity in creation. One is to lose dignity in the eyes of regard of Allah Ta'ala. Now this consequence, they lose their own self-respect, their own dignity. They don't have any shame anymore. This is what happens in some of these ultra-westernized families. They watch these movies where there are these unlawful scenes and they watch it even with their children sitting there. You have no ghirat, you have no dignity, you have no self-respect. You can watch these things even in front of your children. Hmm? Or this as la hawla wa la quwwata billah. Hmm? They lose what we call their ghayra, their nongar ghuyur. They lose their dignity, their self-respect. They don't even value themselves. Shameless. Shameless. Then they, they follow the lifestyle of the people in the West. And how can I even tell you what's in the masjid? But you, they're shameless. They walk around shamelessly. They don't remain clothed. They don't have modesty. It goes away in even normal aspects of their life. Hmm? Become shameless. This is why Nabi Kareem Sallallahu taught us deen of haya, deen of haya. Always remain clothed, always remain as clothed as you can. Even Nabi Kareem Sallallahu he wore lungi even when he was taking ghusl. This is the teaching of haya, these things have an effect on you. You've become westernized in these ways also. You should have more parda in your bathroom. Why do you make showers with glass? Huh? Why do you do that? I'm pointing out small things to you. These are big things. This is the change in the lifestyle that is coming in this ummah. These are contrary to our et- our ethic, our nose of haya. Hmm? We don't make bathrooms like that. We don't stand like that. We don't do things like that. Nabi Kareem Wasallam he used to cover his head when he was in the bathroom. Hmm? Our shaykh, he trained us so strongly in this. This is the benefit of mashaykh. Those mashayikh who train us so strongly to keep your head covered in the bathroom. Hmm? And others who just walk around immodest. Immodesty. So you cannot be immodest even in your private space, even when you're alone. You must even then have the etiquette and ethics of modesty. This is what happens. A person loses their modesty like that. And this is what happens when you lose your haya in private, you're on your way to losing it in public. When you lose your haya in private, you're on your way to losing it in public. And the sunnah keeps a person in haya whether they're in private or public. Keeps a person in haya whether they're in private or public. 18 consequence of sin is that you will be surrounded by problems and troubles around you. Problems will afflict you and beset you. وَمَا أَصَابُكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ Whatsoever, ma, whatsoever reaches you, befalls you by way of calamity, difficulty, it is due to what you yourself have earned through your own deeds. So it means things will befall you, tragedies will befall you, calamity will come upon you, adversity will come upon you, affliction will beset you. All of these things will happen. Nineteenth consequence of sin is that because of a person's sins, shaitan will stick to that person. Shaitan can glue himself to the sinner. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَمَن يَعْشُ أَن ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِينَ That that person who 
blinds himself, turns away from the zikr, means again the admonishment, advice, counsel, teachings of their all merciful Allah. So Allah says, we assign for them a shaitan, and he is clean with them. He sticks with them. He stuck on them. Allah says, I paste a shaitan with them. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? Then tell me, hmm? what type of life that person is going to have? What type of life that person... What will happen to that person at death? Is he going to remember Kalima? Is he going to remember Kalima? Shaitan is green? Hmm? Allahu Akbar Kabira. Twentieth consequence of sin is that Allah Ta'ala puts karahat, repugnance, even hatred in the hearts of creation for that sinner. Creation, insan, hewan, oh, humanity, animal, puts hatred in the hearts of creation for that sinner. Why? Because their sins are a hindrance to the mercy and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their sins stop the merciful rains coming. Oh, the grass hates that sinner. The animals hate that sinner. The animals who needed rain also, they hate that sinner. They feel a karahat for that sinner. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? But that's the truth. That due to our sins, other creation is also effective. That's why it's written in hadith that when Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam comes back, so when he will be in a time when there will be there will come a time when there'll be all mu'mineen. There will come a time like that. So then the Prophet mentioned that there will be many examples, one example that there will be so much barakah that the milk of one cow will be able to support and sustain an entire clan. Hmm? So what does it mean? It means because of our sins the agricultural produce goes down. Because of our sins the crops go down. All of these things happen because of sins. Twenty first consequence of sin. This is a very serious consequence of sin. Heavy. Heavy consequence of sin. That is Nabi Akreem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rahmatul alameen in some ahadith he sent la'nat. He sent curse on certain types of sinners. So there's some sins like that that the consequence of that sin is that the person is cursed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like for example, it comes in hadith that who is cursed? The person who takes interest, the person who gives interest, the person who witnesses that, and the person who records that transaction. That's why you must make tawbah from any and all banking jobs. You must make tawbah from the entire sector. It's not enough that you say, no, I just work in the computer department. No, you cannot be part. You, your salary cannot be drawn from an income source that is interest-based. The hukam, the fatwa about whether your job is halal is based on two things. Number one, what do you do? Okay, so you pass that, you just work in the computer section. But where does your salary come from? That's part of the fatwa also. So your salary is based on the revenues of that company. And the company is a bank, so their revenues come from interest. Your salary is being paid out of interest income. That job is haram for you. Cursed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's so strange because people who have jobs in banks, it means they must be educated, they must have a CV, they're capable to work if the bank hired them. So surely there must be some company, some factory, some small business, some shop, some other place that would hire you. And you say, yes, yes, but they pay 10% less. For 10% more, 
you are willing to be cursed by Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? You are willing to have them declare war? Biharbim min Allahi wa Rasooli It's Quran, not even a deed. Harb. For 10% more? That's it? Allah Akbar Kabira. So this can be a consequence of sin. A person can be cursed. Cursed by Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Cursed by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And another hadith, Nabi Yusim cursed the person who creates fasad on land, who creates corruption, who creates corruption on land. Those who say bad things about the Sahaba Ikram, they get the curse. Those who break family ties, Sayyidina Rasulullah they're also accursed. Those who break family ties, consequence of sin, they become accursed. That person who supports unbelievers against the believers is accursed. Hmm? So what does it mean, this latna? It means, one of the meanings the Muhaddisin wrote, is that this person is deprived of the prayers of the angels. So when it comes, then they'll talk other. Tatanazzalu. That all malaika come down. But this person is doing one of these, and I just mentioned few, there are more. One of these categories of sin, mention hadith, that they're accursed, they don't get those mercies. They don't get those blessings. They don't get those du'as of the angels. This is not the meaning of Latna. Allahu Akbar. Next consequence of sin is that they will be deprived of sukoon. What does it mean? Maybe there are some good things in their life due to which they were getting some sukoon. Maybe there was some amal they were doing, some ibadah they were doing. But if they keep sinning, then the sin will prevent the sukoon of that ibadah entering into their heart. So if they sin and they try to do muraqabah, they won't get Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'inul kuloob. The sin will block it. The sin will block that itminan and sukoon from coming into their heart, coming into their life. Next consequence is not only are they deprived of sukoon, they will be deprived of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will be deprived of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Next consequence of sin, they will be deprived of reciting the kalima when they pass away. Our shaykh, he often mentions, there was a famous doctor in Pakistan, if I remember correctly, from Multan, he wrote a book on his experience. He, what did he do? He used to work in that uh, emergency room. And he wrote his experience that in my many, many years of being a doctor, so many people have died in front of me and less than 10% died saying the kalima. And he wrote some ajeeb, gharib stories in that, that are at least I heard from Sheikh. I haven't read the book. But strange stories. Hmm? But just this statement is enough for us. Hmm? How few, so that's empirical evidence. How few people actually pass away from this world by consciously, knowingly saying La ilaha illallah on their tongues. Hmm? Scary. Scary. Hmm? That the vast majority says they weren't able to do it. And then he says, yeah, and then he said that many times I would be sitting with that patient and I would be asking them, oh, your final moment is near, recite kalma. And they would just be staring at me. They're capable. It's not stroke, not paralysis. They're capable of speech, but they still wouldn't utter it. And he says, I would be amazed. Why don't they say it? He would do talqeen of kalima. He would try to remind them, instill them, and they wouldn't recite it. And they would pass away in front of him with complete ability to speak 
in full mental senses, but still not reciting kalima. Allahu Akbar kabira. What is that? That is just, what is that other than a consequence of our sins? Hmm? Consequence of our sins? So these are all of the consequences that we are going to mention for you tonight. Then you understand that any of these consequences can come in one of three ways. This is brief, don't worry. I'm winding up. Hmm? One is that Allah Ta'ala can send some naqir. Naqir means Allah Ta'ala can send some difficulty in our life. This is for tanbih, to wake up call. Allah Ta'ala sends a difficulty as a wake up call. This is part of Allah Ta'ala's hidayah. So we make istighfar, we make tawbah, we turn to Allah Ta'ala, we realize these consequences and we repent. This is one way. This is the way we're supposed to adopt. So actually means these difficulties come out of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala because if it's part of His merciful hidayah. But then there's a second way. This is called takhir. Allah Ta'ala doesn't send any difficulty on a person. So the person thinks everything is going fine. So they're sinning, everything is smooth. So even, even they might even come to me and say that you know I do sin and none of these consequences that you mentioned have yet happened to me. Even they might say that also. None of these consequences have happened to me. So I will re-say to them, none of these consequences have yet happened to you. And if none of these happen to you, then there's going to be a bigger one that happens to you after you pass away. You better pray that these start happening to you. Huh? <laughs> You better pray that they start happening to you and you wake up and you make istighfar and tawbah. So this is actually another punishment from Allah Ta'ala. This is another consequence. Allah Ta'ala lets that person cruise and coast and think that everything is fine in their life. But takhir means Allah Ta'ala will catch up with them later. So what does it mean? Maybe there's a boy or a girl, young man or woman, they committed some sin with ghair mahram. But nothing happened in their life. Later they even get married to someone. But later in their life they have unhappy marriage, they have divorce. That's Allah Ta'ala catching up with them later. May ya'mal su'an yudzabihi. No one will be an exception to this law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe there's somebody who wasn't kind and obedient and loving to his parents. Nothing happened to him. Allah Ta'ala will catch up with him later. When he becomes old, his own children will be kind and disobedient and unloving and uncaring towards him. Hmm? This is takhir. Takhir. Then there's a third way. Third way. Like what is that? Then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala keeps them. He doesn't even, like I'm expressing in slang English, catch up with them later. He lets them go all the way. And he catches them up with them in their death. He catches them up by giving them a painful death and a torment, azab in kabr and a hard day of judgment and a punishment in hellfire. May ya'mal su'an yudzabihi. There's no escaping it. To listen what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَلَمَّا nasuma ذُكِّرُوا bihi. So when they forgot that with which they were guided and advised and reminded and admonished, فَاسْتَحْنَ alayim abwaba كُلِّ شَيْءٍ That we opened up for them actually all the bounties, blessings, luxuries, comforts, enjoyments in the world. حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِهُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا Such that they became so happy and joyous with the nice, comfortable, luxurious life that they were granted. And then what happened? أَخَزْنَاهُمْ بَغْدَةً 
then we grab our, our punishment and our might took hold of them all of a sudden. Baghdatan, Fadahum Mublisun. And then they were in despair. Oh, and then they were in despair. Hmm? Allah Akbar. This is that punishment where there is no muhla, no opportunity for toba. This is that one, no tawfiq of toba. That Allah Ta'ala will catch up with you in a way that there's no chance of istighfar and toba. So look exactly. Some people, people are living lives like this. Hmm? They say, everything is going just fine for me. Allah Ta'ala is telling you himself, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Yes, everything is going fine for you. Then they say, no, I am happy. I am happy in my life. Allah Ta'ala is saying, حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِهُ بِمَا أُوتُوا They become joyous. They become joyous with what they have. Hmm? Don't think you're having things and you're being happy means you've escaped the consequences of sin. Why? Because أَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْدَتًا Allah Ta'ala will seize them with His punishment in a, all of a sudden, in a sudden manner. But from where they could never imagine. They never see it coming. Hmm? Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? So then what can we do on this night? We must take some lessons away now. So we're going to begin the process of Tawbah. So few ayats on this to understand what type of Tawbah we should make. What type of Tawbah we should make. So the summary of all of this, Allah Ta'ala mentions in Quran, إِنَّمَا بَغْيُكُمْ ala anfusikum. That indeed all of your baghawa, all of your treachery, all of your injustice, all of your sin, it's only going to come back and haunt you. It will only be held against you. It's only going to hurt you. When you disobey Allah Ta'ala, you can't hurt Allah SWT in any way. You can only hurt your own self. You can only hurt your own self. Then second lesson Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا يَهِيكُ الْمَقْرُ السَّيِّئُ Allah Akbar, that there is no evil plotting that you do except that it will turn around and engulf you yourself. Those who plot that plan, what does it mean? It means you try to have envy for someone, it will backfire on you. You try to undermine someone, it will backfire on you. You try to malign someone, it will backfire on you. You try to hurt someone, it will backfire on you. You try to poison other people about someone, it will backfire on you. Or any and every plotting, conniving, scheming that you do, it will just come back, إِلَّا It will only come back to haunt that plotter, schemer, him or herself. This happens in life. This happens in life. Hmm? We have seen it in people. We have witnessed this. Allahu Akbar. Hmm? We are not as young as you think we are. Hmm? Oh, we have witnessed this. Oh, I've experienced this in life. People, they try to do things. They try to deprive others. This is the most dangerous thing you can do. They try to deprive someone else of deen. Allahu Akbar Kabira. They try to deprive them. Deprive them of ilm, deprive them of shaykh, deprive them of this, deprive them of that. They tried to undermine them, undercut them, they tried to deprive them, or it came back to haunt them. Al-Aman al-Hafiz, it came right back at them. Hmm? They say in New York slang, what goes around, comes around. Hmm? This is what Allah is saying. This is what Allah is saying in Quran. Alama ibn al-Jawziram, one of the great muhaddisin, He's also written many stories. He wrote the story once about a jeweler and his wife. 
And what happened? That they had a khadim, they had a young boy, you can say like they adopted kind of in their home, and he was their khadim. So he came one day home, the jeweler, he came to his home, and he found his wife crying. And she was crying and crying and crying. And finally he consoled her, he settled her, he asked her, what happened? What happened? And she said, I don't understand. That young boy who we raised in our house like our own son, who then when he became balik, we kept him in the distance, but he was always loyal to us true to us. Today, like I do so many days, I passed him a list behind the screen and I asked him to get some groceries, some items from the market. And when he came back today, when he was passing the bag to me, he's passed the bag to me so many times, but this time he passed the bag and then he caressed my hand out of lust. He caressed my hand out of lust. So what happened? Then the jeweler, he started crying. Now the husband started crying and he kept on crying and he kept on crying and he said, Oh my wife, forgive me. Oh my wife, forgive me. Oh my wife, forgive me. She said, forgive you. He did. He said, no, forgive me. What? He said, so many years I've been a jeweler but I've never ever looked at lust with the women but today woman, she came and she wanted to look at some bangles, some bracelet and she was very pretty and then I put the, I deliberately put the bracelet bangle on her hand so I could caress her hand with lust. So he did it there in this shop that very same day Allah Ta'ala made somebody do it to his own wife. So we should be scared. This is how Nabi Kareem tried to scare us when that young Sahabi he came and he expressed he expressed a genuine problem he had that Ya Rasulullah I want to do zina. So he scared him. Would you like somebody to do it with your mother? Would you like somebody to do it with your sister? Would you like somebody to do it with your daughter? Surely any woman who you contemplate doing it with, she must be, must she not be somebody's mother or somebody's sister or somebody's daughter? So we should be scared. If we do something, what if it comes back to haunt our family? What if we do something with somebody else's child? What if they do that with our children? Hmm? We should be scared. وَلَا يَهِيكُلْ مَكْرُ أَسَيِّعُ إِلَّا بِأَهْلِهِ it will come back to haunt the person. It will come back to haunt the person. So then the real lesson for tonight is that we must make tawbah. We must make tawbah once and for all. We must pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we want to leave each and every single sin because Ya Rabbi, we want to save ourselves from each and every consequence of sin. There's only one way, if you want that, after listening tonight, that your heart is saying, Ya Allah, I won't want any consequence of sin then the only way is that you must not do any sin, you must repent from every sin, you must turn away from every sin. Because last verse for you, what did Allah Ta'ala say in Qur'an? كَذَلَكَ الْأَذَابِ وَلَأَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ And such is the punishment, means talking about the worldly consequences. And then Allah Ta'ala said, this is the consequences, punishment you will have to face in this world. And the punishment of Akhira Akbar is far, far greater and tremendous than this. So tonight we didn't even mention those things to you. What are the consequences of sin that come the 
torments and trials and punishment in Jahannam that will happen to the sinners if they don't make tawbah. To imagine if the consequences of sin that we mentioned tonight from this world are so tremendous, are so scary, then you just use your imagination that what would be the consequences if we take those sins on the day of judgment? What would be the retribution, punishment we face in Jahannam? So we must make tawbah to avoid those consequences, to avoid the worldly consequences. So this is a night of tawbah. This is a night of itkum in nar A night of Allah Ta'ala taking people out from the fire of Jahannam. Means a night where Allah Ta'ala rescues and saves people from the consequences of their sins. May Allah Ta'ala accept our tawbah on this night. May He give us all of His rahmah for His ar-Rahim. May He be generous in that rahmah as He is al-Kareem. Wa-akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Again, we will recite the sentences of Tawbah. Tubu ilallahi jamia ayuhal mu'minun la'allukum tuflihun. Make Tawbah to Allah jamia all together. Ayuhal mu'minun, O believers, la'allukum tuflihun, so that you may be successful in that Tawbah. So why do we recite these sentences of Iman? Because Allah Ta'ala loves the sentences of Iman. Oh, if a kafir mushrik says Iman from their heart, Allah Ta'ala forgives them for all of their sins. The real believer, we want to fall in love with Allah Ta'ala again. And sentences of istighfar, but it's not enough now just to repeat with your tongue. You must recite it from your heart. You must recite it from your heart. So make deep niyat in your heart that you Rabbi Kareem, I make tawbah for every sin, every small sin, every big sin, every indiscretion, every slip, every error. And Ya Rabbi, now I want to turn to you. Send your mercy on me. Send your forgiveness on me. Ya Rabbi, already I have so many of these consequences of sin in my life. Free me from them. Rescue me from them. Grant me aman, Ya Rabbi. Grant me mitminan, Ya Rabbi. Grant me sukun, Ya Rabbi. So with this feeling of tawbah in your heart, repeat these sentences of Iman and Istighfar Bismillah Rahman Rahim La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Amantu Billahi Wa Malaikatihi Wa Kutubihi Wa Rasulihi Wal Yawmil Akhiri Wal Qadri Khairihi وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالْبَعْثِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ كَمَا هُوَ بِاسْمَائِهِ وَالصِّفَاتِهِ وَكَبِلْتُ جَمِيعَ أَحْكَامِهِ إِقْرَارٌ بِاللِّسَانِ وَتَسْدِيكُمْ بِالْقَلْبِ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ رَبِّي مِنْ كُلِّ ذَنْبٍ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَعَالَى على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين
Amen. Before we make Dvan Shandha, we'll make Marakama. Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world and everything that it contains. Go deep into your heart and search for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Search for the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Put in your heart feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make need that, Ya Rabb, I flee from my sin and I turn to you. I run from my sin, I'm racing towards you. I bow my head, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and I turn to you. Fill my heart with your mercy. Fill my heart with your love. Fill my heart with taqwa. Fill my heart with haya. And my spiritual heart, my qalb, is making zikr of your name. That my qalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. फिर सवाला दिल बदल दे हवा ओ फिर सवाला दिल बदल दे मेरा गफलत में डूबा दिल बदल दे बदल दे दिल की दुनिया दिल बदल दे खुदाया फजल फरमा दिल बदल दे गुनाहगारी में कब तक उम्र काटूं गुनाहगारी में कब तक उम्र काटूं बदल दे मेरा रास्ता दिल बदल दे सवाला दिल बदल दे मेरा गफलत में डूबा दिल बदल दे वॉश ऑल द सिंस अवे एंड चेंज माई डेन हार्ट वॉश ऑल द सिंस अवे एंड चेंज माई डेन हार्ट Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. I have been doing all my life what I craved. I have been doing all my life what I craved. Shaitan and nafs have always had me enslaved. But now I know the path leading me to thee But now I know the path leading me to thee I bow to you am asking you please help me I turn to you am begging you to be saved I turn to you and begging you to be saved 
Please change me into your obedient slave. I wish your name to be engraved on my heart. I wish your name to be engraved on my heart. I will be grateful to you, change this dead heart. I'm at your door and begging you, let me in. I'm at your door and begging you, let me in. Don't push me back to my hopeless life of sin. So change my heart, please, and wash the filth away. So change my heart, please, and wash the filth away. Don't leave me drowning here alone and astray. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. We do ikrar of our sin, we do itiraf of our sin, we acknowledge our sin, we accept our sin, we confess our sins to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, send your mercy on us. Forgive us, Ya Rabb. Protect us, Ya Rabb. We are not strong, Ya Rabb. We cannot help ourselves, Ya Rabb. Our nafs has overpowered us. Shaitan has distracted us. The dunya keeps attracting us. Makhluk has entwined us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, have mercy, Ya Rabb. You said in Quran, Allahu waliyulladheena amanu yukhrijuhum akhrijna, Ya Rabb. Akhrijna min al-dhulamat. Adkhilna fin nur. Akhrijna min al-dhulamat. Adkhilna fin Noor, a'tikna min al-nar, ankhilna fil jannah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, take us out, Ya Rabb. Take us out from these sins. Ya Rabb, we are afraid of the consequences of sin, but even more, we're afraid of disappointing you. We're afraid of losing you. We're afraid of losing your mercy, Ya Rabb. Make us your ibad again. 
make us salihin again, make us muttaqeen again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are already suffering, Ya Rabb. Have mercy on us, Ya Rabb. You told us in Quran, that if somebody came begging, we should not reprimand them and turn them away. We are the sile at your door. We are begging for your mercy. Don't turn us away, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Fill us hearts with your mercy. Fill our lives with your mercy. Fill our hearts with your mercy. Fill our lives with your mercy. Take out all the sinful attributes. Take out all the sinful feelings. Take out all the sinful thoughts. Help us, Ya Rabb. We need your help, Ya Rabbi Kareem. We came seeking your help, Ya Rabb. We want no other help but yours. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Protect us from every false ideology, every false diagnosis, every fitna, every facade. Protect us from the hasad of the hasideen, the shar of the ashrar, the facade of the mustideen. Protect us from the sins of our own nafs, Ya Rabb. The shar of our own nafs. Protect others from our shar. Ya Rabb, we have hurt so many in the past. Forgive us, Ya Rabb. Send your special mercy on them. Console them, make it up to them, cover up for us, Ya Rabbi Kareem, out of your fuzzle and karam, send them so much reward and bounty, send them so much joy and happiness to make up for the sadnesses that we cause them, to make up for the hurt that we cause them. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did, forgive us for the sins that we did in the day, forgive us for the sins that we did at night, forgive us for the sins that we did privately, forgive us for the sins that we did publicly, Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for the sins that we remember. Forgive us for the sins we've even forgotten that we did them. Ya Rabbi Kareem, gunao ko ma farma, gunao ke pahar le karai hai, gunao sifat le karai hai, gunao wali adat le karai hai, gunao wali tabiyat le karai hai. Aap badal dijiye, aap merbani kar dijiye, aap apni rahman dazal kar dijiye. Ya Rabbi Kareem, gunao hum andar alna gus chuka hai, gunao humara mizaj ban gaya hai. Hum kya kare, kis se maange, کہاں جائیں آپ کی مسجد میں پہنچ گئے آپ ہی سے مانگ رہے آپ نجات دے دیجئے آپ مربانی کر لیجئے یا ربی کریم یہ گناہ کی سوچ کو ختم فرما گناہ کی خیالات کو ختم فرما گناہ کی رجان کو ختم فرما لالچ کو ختم فرما اس ناجائز شہوت کو ختم فرما یا ربی کریم ہمیں بے حیائیں با حیاء بننے کی نائے ہیں یا ربی کریم ہمیں با حیاء بنا دیجئے با عدب بنا دیجئے با تقوی بنا دیجئے Ya Rabbi Kareem, we heard in Hadith that a prostitute woman from Bani Israel, Ya Rabbi, she fed water to one of your creation. You sent your mercy on her. You forgave her. You brought her out from that life. You gifted her with taqwa. Ya Rabbi Kareem, there are people here today. They're feeding water to the Sa'imin. They're giving drink to the poor. They're giving charity, Ya Rabbi. Forgive us, Ya Rabbi. Take us out from our prostitution. Take us out, Ya Rabbi. We have prostituted our Iman. She prostituted her body. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we sold our iman for the joys of this world, the pleasures of this world. We make tawbah, Ya Rabbi. We ask for your mercy, Ya Rabbi. Forgive us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Fuzayl ibn Ayaz, he was a thief. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you cast your gaze of mercy on him. You made him your wali and your friend. Ya Rabbi, he stole the 
property of others. We have stolen the haya of others. We have compromised the haya of others. We have hurt the haya of others. Have mercy on us, Ya Rabb. Ya Rabb, change us, Ya Rabb. Take out, take out the thieving from us. Make us honest again. Make us true again. Make us from your salihin, mu'mineen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Bishr Hafi. He was a drunkard. Ya Rabbi Kareem, your gaze of mercy fell upon him. You made him drunk with your love. Ya Allah, we are also wandering drunk in the dunya, lost in the dunya, intoxicated with dunya. Send your same gaze of mercy on our heart. Make us intoxicated with your love, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us fill our heart with your love, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, Nyomi Alast, you cast your gaze at takdeer on our ruh and you selected us for iman. Ya Rabbi Kareem, cast that same gaze on us now and select us for taqwa, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Select us for haya, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Select us for sabr, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Select us for adab, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Select us for sunnah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Help us, Ya Rabbi. Guide us, Ya Rabbi. We have no other hope than you. We have no account to show. We have no deeds to count on. We have but one you, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You have billions and billions of servants, but you are our one and only Rabb. You are our one and only Al-Rahman. You are the one and only Al-Ghaffar. Send that Rahma on us. Send that Maghfara on us. Make us true again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, all of these fasts and all of these prayers, we do them because we want to be true. We want to be pure. But Ya Rabbi Kareem, still the nafs distracts us. Still the nafs pulls us back. Help us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, you said in Quran that you're a'lamu bi'ada'ikum, that you know our enemies best. Ya Rabbi Kareem, help us with our enemy called nafs. Help us with the enemy of sin. Help us with the enemy of lust. Help us with the enemy of anger. Ya Rabbi Kareem, soften the tempers of the people. Take out our anger, Ya Rabb. Cure the one who is angry towards his wife. Cure the one who is angry towards his children. Cure the one who is angry towards his colleague. Cure the one who is angry to his employee. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Put softness in our hearts, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make tawbah from every bad habit, every despicable habit, every inappropriate habit, every khilaf sunnah habit. Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept this tawbah on this night. Make it easy for us. Ya Rabb, make us feel the sting of our sin. Make us feel the pain of our sin. Ya Rabb, we don't want that takhir. We don't want your khufiyah tadbir. We don't want you to grab and seize us with your punishment. Baghdatan. Ya Allah, send that wake-up call to us now. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Ya Rabb, you are so kareem. And this is your night of rahman, maghfira. Ya Rabb, kareem, forgive us on your own. Ya Rabb, kareem. Forgive us as befits your majesty, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Allahumma innaka afubun kareem. Tuhimbul afa fa'fu anna ya Rabb. Fa'fu anna ya Allah. Fa'fu anna. Waghfir lana. Warhamna. Wattubu alayna. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we want that you should love us again. We want you to forgive us for sins. But the gap that came between us because of our sin, remove that gap, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Be kareem to us again. Tell us, Ya Rabbi Kareem, for inni kareem. Say it to us on this night. Address that kalam to our heart. We also want to be mukarrib to you. We want to be kareeb to you. Make us kareeb to sharia. Make us kareeb to sunnah. Make us kareeb to your rada. Make us kareeb to Quran. We were bayid. We were far. So we thought we would come to your masjid. We thought it is your month of Ramadan. We thought of your mercy. So we came. We didn't know. We have no expectation. We have no guarantee. Ya Rabbi, you are Ar-Rahman. You are Ar-Rahim. You told us in 
قرآن من يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه we are trusting upon you ya rab we are relying upon you ya rab we are depending on you ya rab that you will rescue us you will forgive us you will send your mercy on us ya rabbi kareem we seek panah we seek salvation in you from every consequence of every sin we are weak ya rab have mercy on us you can forgive us without these consequences you can forgive us without that wake up call ya rabbi kareem it is in your power to do so ya rabbi kareem we ask humbly ya rab that you send that special forgiveness on us that forgiveness that you save for the sinners that forgiveness that you save for those who have no hope send that rahmah on us on this night ya rabbi kareem the young men are making toba ya rabbi kareem maybe someone is making toba for looking at zina maybe someone is making toba from doing zina maybe someone is making toba from thinking about zina ya rabbi kareem accept our toba on this night ya rabbi kareem grant us a zina free heart a zina free mind a zina free eye a zina free life those who are married ya rabb make us true to our spouses loyal to our spouses loving to our spouses beloved to our spouses put the sukoon back in the home put the mawadda back in the hearts put the rahma back in the heart forgive us for our infidelity forgive us for our indiscretion help us ya rabb guide us ya rabb fix us ya rabb we've come to be fixed ya rabb kareem fix us ya rabb kareem do our islah ya rabb kareem do our tazkiyah ya rabb kareem ya allah ya rabb kareem ya karam ya fazl ya rabb kareem out of your karam and fazl yes that you accept these duas and ya rabb kareem you said in quran that fasad has spread on land and ocean ya allah forgive the entire ummah on this night forgive every sin of every member of the entire ummah ya rabb kareem make all the ummah muttaqin make all the ummah your awliya ya allah ya rabb kareem rabbana takabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta tawwabur rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajmain bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin